calories or exercise. So I love talking about this topic because I think it's really empowering and it really turns away from the very toxic culture of weight loss and you know, fitness experts stating we just need to exercise more, you just need to thrash yourself more in the gym, you just need to eat less food. So I really I really find this to be so empowering actually because it's like, oh, that makes sense. This is why my metabolism isn't working the way I need it to and it has nothing to do with eating less calories, exercising more because I'm so sick of seeing weight loss experts reporting that weight loss is just so simple. You just need to exercise more. You need to eat barely anything. You know, I feel like this sets people up for complete disappointment, not to mention feeling like absolute shit because you're starving yourself and running yourself into the ground with exercise. You know, for some, I'm going to say, yes, it can actually come down to overeating or eating certain foods as a whole or not moving their body enough. But for a lot of people, you know, you do these things like you don't eat as much, you try to minimize carbs or whatever it might be, and you end up feeling so disappointed. You exercise more and then you lose zero weight. And you're like, what? I thought I just needed to eat less and exercise more. Why aren't I losing any weight? And there's total confusion because we just get told it's so simple, right? Now, losing weight can be actually much more complex. So there are lots of things to consider. And we also must remember to have compassion for our bodies as we are all really biochemically very different and our metabolism and body composition will reflect this. Now, the number one cause I'm going to go with, so absolutely not not saying it's the number one cause as in it's number one in my list of five and they're in no particular order is insulin. Now, insulin resistance will cause you to store body fat no matter how well you eat, and you will often feel hungry with zero off switch. And insulin resistance will also drive you to eat certain foods like carbs and sugar, which as we know, do lead us to the, um, I guess, the risk of, of gaining weight from those foods. Now, insulin resistance is in fact really common and it really could be affecting you even if your doctor says your blood sugar levels are normal. So there's a really strong hormonal component to abdominal weight gain. And in a lot of people, it's actually from insulin. So if you've found that you've been putting on weight around your midsection with no explainable cause, I implore you to go and get your insulin checked on a blood test. So what is insulin? resistance. So in the simplest of terms, insulin resistance would be a dysfunction of metabolic cells that are supposed to turn food into energy. And so we find that the pancreas is releasing insulin. It's supposed to respond to certain foods like carbs and sugar and maintain our glucose levels. And there's a complete dysfunction with that. And it's really not doing what it needs to do. And insulin will lose its sensitivity in responding to what you eat. So the result of this metabolic dysfunction is the tendency to gain fat around the middle. And insulin resistance can also cause high cholesterol, high blood triglycerides, and also fatty liver, which is fat accumulating in the liver. And then fatty liver is normally caused by insulin resistance and can cause insulin resistance. So it's really quite complex, that one. However, if you've been told you have fatty liver... I really would get your insulin checked because chances are you probably have insulin resistance as well. 
even if your doctor never mentioned it. So I see a lot of women that are even diagnosed with PCOS and they don't even know the insulin levels. And we all know that PCOS is very linked to insulin resistance. So why would your doctor not mention it? Well, they may have only tested glucose, so fasting glucose or your HbA1c, and they may not have checked your fasting insulin at all. So growing evidence suggests that insulin resistance is actually not caused by weight gain, but the other way around. So in other words, your weight gain could be being caused by the insulin resistance. And I have heard the medical industry often say, um, you've got high insulin, just lose weight. However, how can you just lose weight if the high insulin is the thing causing you to keep your weight on and put more weight on? You know, being told to just lose more weight isn't really fixing the underlying metabolic problem that's causing the weight gain in the first place. So a better approach is to identify insulin resistance on a blood test. So we go for a fasting insulin test, you know, taken in the morning. And ideally, we really want this value to be below 10 milliliters international units per liter. So we want it to be below 10. And then we need to obviously treat the insulin resistance, which then improves your metabolic function and a side effect of that or a side benefit is weight loss. Now, as, since, as insulin sensitivity will improve and your insulin will go down, your metabolic function and metabolism should be restored and then the weight loss will occur. Although it's really not possible to lose a lot of abdominal weight unless your fasting insulin is below about eight. And that can take a few months, depending on how high your insulin is to start with. So I guess the message is don't give up because if you started with an insulin level of 20 or 30, it could be six months before you get it below eight, but it all keeps, you know, plugging away over time. And there is a few things that can be beneficial to lower your insulin. However, I could be on here for hours and hours, and this is just the five causes of weight gain. So I'll have to talk about that in another, another episode. Number two is stress. So I rave about stress all the time. I feel like a broken record. So let's think about what stress is to the body. So it can be chemical stress. It can be physical. It can be emotional stress, like irrespective of the cause is potential serious danger to your body. Your, your nervous system. Your body does not know if there's a bear chasing you or if you're stuck in traffic. It really can't decipher, you know, decipher between the two. So an overactive stress response and long-term external stress will communicate to your body, you need to store fat for safety as it's going to need to prepare for the impending danger, whatever that danger looks like. And so, you know, if you're experiencing long-term stress, I do suggest it might be time to hit pause on hit training and I'll I'll go through that soon. You know, prolonged and uncontrolled uncontrolled stress might look like um a few things. So, you know, I'll I'll sort of talk about the picture of what I see. You know, you go to sleep too late, you feel really tired but wired, you wake up feeling like you haven't slept, you end up having coffee instead of breakfast. You have an early morning hit class because you're desperate to lose weight, yet the weight is not shifting. You're barely surviving the constant load on your shoulders. You then limit food because you're wanting to lose weight. So you end up eating less, yet still not losing any weight. 
you end up skipping meals altogether because of a, you wanted to lose weight or you end up being too busy and you just eat your kids scraps. You tend to not drink much water during the day, maybe wanting a second coffee. You tend to prioritize everyone else all day, feel like you are drowning, overwhelmed, you're irritated and anxious most of the day, and then completely exhausted by the afternoon. That is a classic picture of a female I see in the clinic all the time. And all of that's going to impact your health and happiness, of course. And so a lot of times, you know, these women are highly, highly stressed. The body is in complete unsafe flight or fight mode. And in an effort to manage their health and improve their mental health or lose weight, you know, the CrossFit comes in, the F45 daily, and yet they actually don't feel any benefits of this exercise, normally feeling more fatigued later in the day and their body composition isn't changing at all. And another thing is often because these women are mothers, we're getting up actually earlier than we should to fit the exercise in because, of course, we have no time once our kids are awake and therefore they're losing sometimes one to two hours of precious sleep that their burnt out body actually really needs. So let's talk about what's going on here. You know, if we talk about high intensity exercise to start with, the higher the intensity of training, the more cortisol is released into the body. Now, because of this cortisol response that it's generating, it is perceived as the body, sorry, perceived by the body as stress. So that generates a flight or fight response. And then this exercise is therefore just piling more cortisol onto this burnout fire. Now, excessive levels of cortisol, so excessive levels of stress cause excessive levels of cortisol, can increase the risk of a number of health issues, including weight gain, but also depression, gut issues, exhaustion, sleep problems, brain fog. And so, you know, if we're experiencing burnout and a lot of stress, we really should be calming the body down. And so that might look like avoiding heat for a bit of time. Doesn't mean you have to avoid exercise altogether. You know, gentle exercise will absolutely still provide health benefits without the cortisol issues. And you actually might find that you, the body composition changes more quickly with gentler, calmer exercise, like walking yoga or Pilates, which is completely confusing, right? Because you think the harder you exercise, the more weight you're going to lose. Well, it's not that simple. And so you might find that gentle exercise is the only way you actually find any shifts happening because with a lessened amount of cortisol each day, your body will eventually feel safe enough to drop the extra kilos that it's hanging on to. So with high stress, your body will try to hang on to weight. And that's not, look, it's not true for everyone, but it's, I'm going to say for the majority of people, the nervous system, if there's like prolonged stress. I'm not talking about just a week of stress at work because you had a deadline. I'm talking about months and months of stress and burnout. Your body will not feel safe enough to lose weight because having extra weight is is safer in case you're going through a famine. Then you're undereating. So if we're highly stressed and undereating and overexercising, this is a recipe for disaster because undereating will then confirm to your nervous system and your body that you actually might be going through a famine and then you need to hang on to more weight, even more weight. And then overexercising further confirms the body, this person is so stressed. We've got cortisol and adrenaline happening all day long at a huge hit from the exercise and then 
can you see how this is a recipe for disaster? So, you know, adequate recovery is essential from adrenal burnout, stress, HIIT training. And so I think let your intuition guide you on whether you think you need to have a break from HIIT entirely or at least cut it down to a maximum of two times per week. And, you know, that could really help this metabolism concern being driven by the stress is just rest and calm where possible. (laughs) The next one, number three, is thyroid function. And this leads into, or this leads on from stress because an overactive stress response can slow your thyroid down. Because remember when we're stressed, our body wants to conserve energy and conserve body fat just in case. And so our nervous system and cortisol, for a lack of better words, tells the thyroid, you need to start slowing down. I don't want you to run our metabolism too quickly. I don't want you to burn calories too quickly. I don't want everything to run fast because we're really stressed. We could be under danger, could be going through a famine. We actually need to burn calories at a much slower rate. That's safer. So a sluggish thyroid, which will be shown on a blood test, only if we check T4 and T3 levels, it will cause your metabolism to be quite slow. And like I said, the ability to burn calories is significantly affected. So between you and I, if you have a sluggish thyroid and I don't, if we eat exactly the same things all day long, our body compositions will be completely different because my thyroid is working at a normal pace. My metabolism is working at a normal pace and I'm burning calories at a good pace. Yours is not. And so your metabolism will be really, really slow and you can't eat or exercise your way out of that one. So we really need to treat the reason why your thyroid's slow, whether that is stress, whether that is a genetic issue, autoimmune like Hashimoto's disease um, or deficiencies. So iodine, selenium, zinc, iron, these are all things that will cause a thyroid to start slowing right down. And one of the first signs of a funny thyroid is fatigue And then the person will start to notice, gosh, my metabolism isn't what it used to be. I put on weight so easily. I look at food and I'm putting on weight or I am doing everything I used to do and I'm not losing any weight or my, you know, my body composition isn't staying put. It's going, you know, up and anyway, thyroid's a huge one. Obviously it is so common as well. I think it's one in eight women suffer from a thyroid um, disorder. Number four is gut bacteria. So the bugs that live in your gut play a huge role in influencing how the food is used in the body and how it's broken down. And so, you know, research is coming out more and more about the wonders of gut flora. But let's start with how could they affect our weight? So when we eat food, our gut obviously is breaking it down into small pieces and the smallest, smallest pieces get absorbed into our blood and then the rest is eliminated as waste. So in other words, not all of the calories in the food you're eating get into the body and increase our weight. And the gut bacteria can sort of decide on this and break the food down and manage this. Some bacteria species are better able to chop all this food into smallest pieces, digest it properly, um, add calories to the body and therefore, you know, increase our weight. And also there are certain gut species of bacteria that also increase hunger levels as well. So you might be eating more if they are within your gut. 
Now, several studies in human, uh, sorry, several studies in animals and some in humans say that gut flora is linked to obesity and metabolism concerns. For example, this was super interesting. Scientists transferred bacteria from the guts of two strains of mice, one that was naturally more obese and one that naturally stays lean. And then in a third lean strain raised from birth to have no gut bacteria. So the gut bacteria transferred from the naturally obese mice made the germ-free mice become fat. And when they transferred the gut bacteria from the lean thinner mice, it kept these this third group of germ-free mice leaner. The scientists then took bacteria from the guts of two of a set of identical twins. One of the twins was obese and one was much leaner. And the research showed that the bacteria from the obese twin, when transplanted into mice, made the mice fat, but the bacteria from the lean twin did not. And of course, we're just beginning to understand the role of gut bacteria in obesity and there's no yet treatment that I know of that's going to make uh, weight loss easier. However, of course, making sure you've got a good gut profile and that your gut is happy is going to be the biggest starting point and and a really good quality probiotic will do the job of that, I think. Number five is hormones, female hormones. So they can play a role in retaining fluid and feeling like you've gained weight just overnight based on your hormonal cycle. And you might find that in certain parts of your cycle, your meta- uh, sorry, your body composition completely changes. And what it could come down to is an imbalance between progesterone and estrogen. And that could be the driver. Or in turn, we find sort of chicken or egg, but extra adipose cells or fat cells can meddle with your estrogen and change the profiles, then perpetuating more hormonal issues. And then on and on it goes. And certain contraceptives can also be associated with weight gain as well. Cause you know, we've all heard that story of like my friend, she went on the pill and she gained all this weight or she went on the marina and gained all this weight. And there are links Now, without healthy levels of progesterone, so maybe you don't have healthy levels of progesterone because you have ovulation dysfunction, and that could come from so many things, but stress and PCOS are the two that I'm just thinking of right now. Estrogen can be left a little bit out of balance and higher in comparison to progesterone. And when we find that, it can cause symptoms of weight gain, PMS or breasts and so on. We really want progesterone and estrogen to sit in a magical ratio, not one higher than the other. And if we have estrogen excess in comparison to progesterone, absolutely, there's going to be metabolism concerns. And so, again, imagine if that was you and you were trying to exercise your way out of it, it's never going to shift anything. And it is a horrible feeling to just thrash yourself at the gym just because you know, you're uncomfortable with your body size. We want to exercise because it's good for us and because we love our bodies and we want to take care of ourselves. And so, you know, there's your five, li- that there's the list of five. And if any of them are happening to you, it's going to make it so hard to lose weight. And what I implore you to do is to dig deeper to find out if any of these are happening for you, because when they're rectified, weight loss is almost effortless. So any questions, comments, or anything, please DM me on Instagram at the natal naturopath. And just a reminder, if any of this rings true for you, 
or you feel like you need any help looking into your metabolism, we would love to help you. And you can book appointments with either myself or my other naturopaths, Alexis and Bonnie, over on our website, www.thenatalnaturopath.com.au forward slash book dash now. And we would love to chat further about it. Have a nice day, everyone. See you next week.